As the rector of St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, may I welcome you very warmly to this service. Our doors are open once again, and we are now able to offer a said service of Holy Communion each Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. But these online acts of choral worship, which draw upon archive recordings of our choir and congregation, combined with newly recorded readings, prayers and sermons, will continue each week so that you can enjoy the full wonders of our amazing choral tradition until such time as we can sing once again. I shall be offering this act of worship on your behalf, so please join your prayers with mine. May the light and hope of Christ be with us all as our worship begins. Jesus said to his disciples, if any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me.
It is a great delight to welcome you to St Bride's to our choral Eucharist on this, the twelfth Sunday after Trinity. Wherever you are in the world, and however you're listening to us, we hope that you will feel that you are very much part of the St Bride's family. We begin with our opening prayer. Let us pray. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, Jesus Christ, to save us from our sins, to be our advocate in heaven, and to bring us to eternal life. Let us confess our sins in penitence and faith, firmly resolved to keep God's commandments and to live in love and peace with all. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you. Pardon and deliver you from all your sins. Confirm and strengthen you in all goodness and keep you in life eternal. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.
Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, you are always more ready to hear than we to pray and to give more than either we desire or deserve. Pour down upon us the abundance of your mercy, forgiving us those things of which our conscience is afraid and giving us those good things which we are not worthy to ask, but through the merits and mediation of Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Old Testament reading is taken from the book of Exodus, chapter 3, beginning at the first verse. Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led his flock beyond the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of a bush. He looked, and the bush was blazing, yet it was not consumed. Then Moses said, I must turn aside and look at this great sight, and see why the bush is not burned up. When the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses, and he said, Here I am. Then he said, Come no closer. Remove the sandals from your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. He said further, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have observed the misery of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their cry on account of their taskmasters. Indeed, I know their sufferings, and I have come down to deliver them from the Egyptians and to bring them out of that land to a good and broad land a land flowing with milk and honey, to the country of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. The cry of the Israelites has now come to me. I have also seen the Egyptians oppress them. So come, I will send you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? He said, I will be with you. And this shall be the sign for you that is I who sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall worship God on this mountain. But Moses said to God, If I come to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your ancestors has sent me to you, and they ask me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. He said further, Thus you shall say to the Israelites, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the Israelites, The Lord, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this my title for all generations. This is the word of the Lord.
the epistle is taken from Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 12, beginning at the ninth verse. Let love be genuine, hate what is evil, hold fast to what is good, love one another with mutual affection, outdo one another in showing honour. Do not lag in zeal, be ardent in spirit, serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope, be patient in suffering, persevere in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints, extend hospitality to strangers. Bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another, do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Do not claim to be wiser than you are. Do not repay anyone evil for evil, but take thought for what is noble in the sight of all. If it is possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never revenge yourselves, but leave room for the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. No, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink, for by doing this you will heap burning coals on their heads. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. This is the word of the Lord.
hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. From that time on, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and undergo great suffering at the hands of the elders and chief priests and scribes, and be killed, and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, God forbid it, Lord, this must never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. Then Jesus told his disciples, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit them if they gain the whole world but forfeit their life? Or what will they give in return for their life? For the Son of Man is to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay everyone for what has been done. Truly, I tell you, there are some standing here who will not taste death, before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the living God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus said to his disciples, if any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Back in 2003, I attended a conference in Riga, the capital of Latvia, a country with a heart-rending and turbulent history that gained its independence from the Soviet Union as recently as 1991. And while I was there, I spent time with some Latvian Christians who, during the Soviet era, had been persecuted for their faith. One of them had lost his teaching job when he was seen leaving a church service. Another had been jailed for 12 years for smuggling Bibles into the country. During my stay, I was invited to lead a Bible study in Riga's Lutheran Cathedral with the help of an excellent translator for members of its congregation. The text I was given happened to relate to the theme of what it means to hang on to one's faith in situations that appear hopeless. In our discussion afterwards, some of the older members present who had lived through those terrible years and suffered greatly as a result, actually wept as they spoke about their experiences. It was both profoundly moving and extremely chastening to hear their stories, since I am one of those fortunate Christians 
who has always enjoyed the luxury of being able to exercise my own faith in safety and freedom. And one of the insights that I gained during my time there gave me a whole new perspective on this morning's Gospel reading, in which Jesus speaks about the cost of discipleship, a text I had always struggled with despite recognizing its obvious truth and its undoubted importance. If I'm honest, I had always regarded the meaning of that text in which Jesus speaks of the necessity of taking up one's cross as being self-evident, but somewhat depressing. After all, life can be challenging enough as it is, and yet here is Jesus promising to make it a whole lot worse and a heck of a lot more difficult by inviting us to choose to follow him. And incidentally, I had always wondered how this famous saying by Jesus squares with another very well-known passage from St. Matthew's Gospel in which Jesus seems to say the exact opposite, namely, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Strangely enough, it was during my stay in Riga that I suddenly began to understand how these two apparently contradictory texts come together. In our morning worship one day, a Latvian Lutheran pastor was reflecting on our gospel text in the light of his own experience of discipleship. And he said something that had simply never occurred to me before, the gist of which was this. Most people these days assume that when Jesus speaks to his disciples about denying themselves, taking up their cross and following him, he is setting them a difficult challenge. What they fail to realize is that in the ears of those who are already experiencing persecution, these same words do not sound like a challenge but as an encouragement, which of course they do. Because if you are already carrying a cross, if you are already acutely aware of the cost of discipleship because you are having to live it, this same text brings courage and hope. And I was then reminded that of course, the original readership or audience of St. Matthew's Gospel were Jewish Christians, many of whom would themselves have known what it meant to have been rejected by their own community and persecuted for their Christian faith as a consequence of their decision to follow the risen Christ. Those whose journey of discipleship has cost them dear, whether this was 2,000 years ago or within our own living memory, can receive this text as a kind of encouragement. 
because they know that however hard things have been for them, their Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ has walked that way before them, bearing his own cross. And yet it is the same Lord who also offers them comfort and consolation when they feel that it has all become too much. Come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. Far from being contradictory, these two texts are in fact profoundly complementary when seen from this perspective. G.K. Chesterton once famously said, the Christian ideal has not been tried and found wanting, it has been found difficult and left untried. But it seems to me that the true nature of that difficulty has sometimes been misunderstood. Because properly understood, it is not the difficulty of striving to achieve moral or personal perfection, nor is it the difficulty that comes of consciously placing oneself in situations of personal challenge or danger, which is surely perverse, even though there have undoubtedly been Christians throughout history who have embraced that kind of masochism, assuming that it must be a virtue in itself. Rather, it is about the cost of learning to love and learning how to surrender oneself to the love of God. Because it is the path of love, a path that will always require of its adherents that they open their hearts, entailing a vulnerability that opens us to pain as well as joy and love and grace, that is the only path that truly can lead to life in all its fullness. I was baptised within the Anglican Church when I was five months old, and although I have explored other Christian traditions during my own journey of faith, it has always remained my spiritual home. But my faith has always been informed in significant ways by the insights and the practices of other Christian traditions. My prayer life has been profoundly shaped by the Ignatian tradition from within the Roman Catholic Church. And my experience of working within an ecumenical theological college at an early stage of my ministry led me to value and respect much about the life and spirituality of the free churches. I remain in particular awe of one tradition within Methodism, that of their annual covenant service. This is sometimes held at the start of the new year or in the month of September, which of course is almost upon us now. And it is an occasion upon which church members give thanks for all that God has done for them and reaffirm their wholehearted commitment to God a commitment that embraces every aspect of their lives and the choices that they make. At its heart is the Methodist covenant prayer. I hope that my dear brothers and sisters in the Methodist church will forgive me as a mere Anglican 
for presuming to place this prayer before our own congregation, and I do so with all humility. But its words are so extraordinary and so powerful that in case any of you have not come across this prayer before, I really would like you to hear them. I wonder how many of us would be able to say the following words and mean them. I am no longer my own, but yours. Put me to what you will. Rank me with whom you will. Put me to doing. Put me to suffering. Let me be employed for you or laid aside for you, exalted for you or brought low for you. Let me be full. Let me be empty. Let me have all things. Let me have nothing. I freely and wholeheartedly yield all things to your pleasure and disposal. And now, glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you are mine and I am yours. So be it. And the covenant now made on earth, let it be ratified in heaven. Amen. Let us now stand and affirm our faith in the words of the Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation. He came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. In the power of the Spirit and in union with Christ, let us pray to the Father. 
Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning with open hearts and open hands to hear your word, eager to know your will. We pray for all those who have listened and heard your call and have taken up their own cross and have followed you. We pray especially for Alison, our rector, Jeff, our associate priest, our vergers, church wardens, the guild, our congregation and all those who support our worship here at St Bride's. We pray that you will send us all out to live and to work to your praise and glory. Whilst our churches have fallen silent and we are unable to hear the amazing music of our choir and musicians, we pray that you will help us find ways to help them, protect them and support them in finding new ways to be creative. We pray that the passion and talents of our musicians continue to be developed and that the future of church music is secured and that we will soon hear them live once again. We pray for your church and its leaders across the world, especially those who have to overcome fear and persecution to spread your word. Send them the Holy Spirit, that they may have faith and strength to open the ears of others to your call and their hearts to one another. Lord, in your mercy, hear, hear our, our prayer. prayer. Loving Father, as the journalist church, we pray for all those who put their lives at risk to ensure that the truth is heard and that justice is done across the world. Give them the faith to speak out and to shine your light on injustice. Grant them the wisdom and integrity to report in a way that is honest, balanced, protects the innocent and encourages others to listen and to act. As our MPs return to Parliament, we pray that you will give them the wisdom to lead us safely through this Covid pandemic and the even greater challenges that will lie ahead. We pray that they will listen and act on the advice of their scientists and take steps to protect the health and lives of all your people. Every day we hear news of businesses closing and of thousands of people losing their jobs. We pray that they will have the strength to find new opportunities and that we will find ways to help those who need support at this difficult time. Lord, in your mercy, hear, hear our, prayer. our prayer. As we continue to fight Covid, we give thanks for the news that wild polio has been eradicated in Africa. For the passion and commitment of the medics and scientists who have ensured that thousands of young lives every day will be spared the pain and agony of paralysis. We pray that you will give us the strength and resources to ensure that we continue to fight this terrible disease in Pakistan and Afghanistan and wipe it finally from the face of your earth. Lord, in your mercy, hear, hear our, our prayer. prayer. As our children return to school, college and university, we pray for their teachers, that they may be inspired to share their knowledge and love of their subject with their students that they will light a fire inside the students and encourage them to learn and to develop. We pray that our children will be safe, 
and that they will feel confident and happy returning to meet their friends again. May they have the opportunity to catch up on lessons missed, renew friendships, and be happy and relaxed even if things feel different and distanced. We pray today especially for the parents, grandparents and carers who are frightened by the prospect of letting their children go back to school. Those who are worried that their own health may be compromised by letting their children mix with others. Protect them and support them that they may have the courage to try and get back to normal. Help and support those students who have had to change their plans, who through no fault of their own have had to think of different ways forward. We pray that they will find encouragement and excitement in the challenges that lie ahead. Help them to make the most of the opportunities and see them as positives that can change rather than disappointments of things that have been lost. Lord, in your mercy, hear, hear our, our prayer. prayer. Be by the side of and comfort those in pain, those who are facing the challenge of illness and the loved ones that face it with them. Give them the faith to face each day and by the power of the Holy Spirit, grant that they may return to good health as quickly as possible. Let us remember also those that have died and have now joined you in heaven. We pray that they will find peace with you and that you will comfort those that they have left behind. We pray also for those whose anniversaries occur at this time. May perpetual light shine upon them, and may they rest in peace. Lord, in your mercy, hear, hear our, our prayer. prayer. Finally, we take time to remember in silence all those known only unto us, who need your support and love. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of thy Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Will you please stand? Christ is our peace. He has reconciled us to God in one body by the cross. We meet in his name and we share his peace. The peace of the Lord be always with you.
Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this bread to offer, which earth has given and human hands have made. It will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God forever. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this wine to offer, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God forever. It is indeed right, it is our duty and our joy, at all times and in all places, to give you thanks and praise. Holy Father, Heavenly King, Almighty and Eternal God, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. For he is your living word. Through him you have created all things from the beginning and formed us in your own image. Through him you have freed us from the slavery of sin, giving him to be born of a woman and to die upon the cross. You raised him from the dead and exalted him to your right hand on high. Through him you have sent upon us your holy and life-giving spirit and made us a people for your own possession. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we proclaim your great and glorious name, forever praising you and singing.
Accept our praises, Heavenly Father, through your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. And as we follow his example and obey his command, grant that by the power of your Holy Spirit, these gifts of bread and wine may be to us his body and his blood, who in the same night that he was betrayed took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and gave you thanks. He gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Therefore, Heavenly Father, we remember his offering of himself made once for all upon the cross. We proclaim his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension. We look for the coming of his kingdom, and with this bread and this cup, we make the memorial of Christ, your Son, our Lord. Great is the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Accept through him, our great high priest, this our sacrifice of thanks and praise. And as we eat and drink these holy gifts in the presence of your divine majesty, renew us by your spirit, inspire us with your love, and unite us in the body of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through him, and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, with all who stand before you in earth and heaven, we worship you, Father Almighty, in songs of everlasting praise. Blessing and honour and glory and power be yours for ever and ever. Amen. Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving.
we do not presume to come to this your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercy. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table, but you are the same Lord, whose nature is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him, and he in us. Amen.
Let us pray. God of all mercy, in this Eucharist you have set aside our sins and given us your healing. Grant that we who are made whole in Christ may bring that healing to his broken world. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen. Understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of His Son Jesus Christ our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen.
Thank you. 